Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Don't, Don't raise trade, trade just, just yet. yet. Sit down and strap in for the Ultimate Super Coach Podcast. It's time to win your leagues and dominate your mates. This is the, the Jewel Position Podcast, hosted by Whisperer and Adrianosaurus. Took the weekend off, we're recharged, we're ready to go, because we're going to talk about the Parramatta Eels today, Ado, a side that's, you know, got as close as you could get without winning winning the title, but it's been a long time between drinks for the Parramatta Eels, had uh, a few key losses, uh, a few key inclusions, uh, but I think it's going to be a really interesting year, you know, I, I do see slight regression, um, and I've got them coming in eighth, personally, just sneaking into the top four, uh, you are... In seventh, so one spot slightly higher, but I think we're both of similar mindset. You know, a slight regression, uh, but overall still a very, very quality side. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and you know, you Eels fans, I know how you feel. Two thousand two thousand and nineteen, it was so close, but no cigar. And the Raiders are second to longest wait for a premiership. You know, in the uh, NRL. So I feel for you, uh, Eels fans. But I do see a little tiny regression for them this year they've lost some big names and i think they've replaced them with probably players that um have the potential um to do close to as well but i you you can't say to me that they look stronger than they did last year and and look you know to make it to a grand final a lot of things have to fall into place so you know the chances of doing it um back to back is 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 hard now on when we did the bulldogs preview you weren't a huge fan of reed money just in general do you think that Josh Hodgson is, is an upgrade? As, as a Raiders fan, do you think, what is he, 31, 32 off an ACL? Do you really think he's a he's an upgrade on Reid Marnie, despite you know your reservations of Marnie as a player? Um, No, I don't think it's an upgrade. Uh, it, it's kind of weird. I think with years and years of playing um, at the Raiders, we got to a point where, you know, um, he held back some of our halves, Hodgson. You know, he, he tried. He got. He got to this point where I think it might have all gone to his head that he was, you know, the best since Cameron Smith, and he just became too controlling. Uh, and it was at a detriment to us at a point in time where some of our other players were growing and getting to the point where we we needed more. And and, and then as soon as he gets down, goes down injured, you know, we. Now, I just think that Brown and, and Moses, it could really affect them if he gets too big for his britches. And look, let's be honest, he's he's getting old. Um, he's come, he's got ACL, you know, back to backs, and he's been injured galore. Um, I don't know if he lasts the full season, I'll be very surprised. Um, and he's an old head. I think that that's where it could be a, a, probably a benefit. I think he's a crafty nine. He's probably craftier. I reckon. Um, so, look, I, I, the jury's out. Do you the think... The jury's out. I you, mean, I don't think the Bulldogs would have been chasing Hodgson and, and you know, yeah. uh, over Marnie. No, that's fair. Do, do you think him 
being too controlling, as you put it, is down to the, the Raiders never really having a a top grade seven in recent years. What has they been? Jamal Fogarty now, yes, but that was without without Hodgson. You have to remind me. George Williams comes to mind. Uh, Aiden yeah, Caesar. Aiden Caesar. Caesar played seven for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, um, did a little bit as well. Um, look, yeah, not a, a dominant half. Um, so look, you know, in this team, if he can do the simple role that they would require, he, he gives good service and he's a good old head. Whether the body can hold up to a rigor, the rigors of a full season, he hasn't done it in a long time. The Eels are obviously going to have to go with a hooker on the bench, you'd assume, or someone who can cover hooker minutes because there's no way he can play 80 minutes. Yeah, I think you'd assume Jake Arthur probably slides into the 14, but you know, time time will tell. You mentioned Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, both those guys, uh, you know, top shelf guns guns in their own right. Do you think, uh, not so much a second season syndrome for Brown, but do you think there's any regression? I know that, you know, you've been high on him. He's been in and out of your team. Does mm. come in at 785k, which is a pretty, pretty penny. Do mm. we think there's any regression or do you think we're going to see similar uh, output of what we saw last year? Uh, I think he's there now. I reckon he's probably realised that he's got it. You know, I, I really do. Just, I have that, he's got that, he's always been a confidence player, um, but he did it last year consistently. I think that they'll have a confidence of a team that made the grand final last year. Um, I think that Mitchell Moses is, is in a probably the best form of his career, which takes the pressure off. Um, I don't see a huge regression for, for Dillbags. Um in my original build, I was going for one sort of gun half, and it was him. I had no interest in um, Cody Walker and or I could have gone Munster. I would not be surprised to see them top two uh, this year in the 5-8, and maybe Burton comes in um, to make up the top three. Uh, who's, who's, who's the player I've gone with instead of Dillbags? But no, I think he's going to be one of the um, stronger players that you can have in 5-8 this year. For 50k more, we can get Cameron Munster. Is is the 50k difference worth saving on Dylan Brown, or or if you know, are you moving heaven and earth to find that extra 50k, or, or what's your sort of verdict on on that five eighth position? We will go into it deeper uh, mm. at a later episode, but just quickly for 50k more, is is Munster worth it, or can we save on on Dylan Brown? Yeah, I'll say this much: if Pappenhausen is not right to go for round one and Munster is starting round one in the fullback position, you better believe I'll go and find the money for Munster playing fullback. Yeah, fair, um, fair enough. Other, otherwise, um, I wouldn't... I think whichever your persuasion is, you know, you, you know that Mad Dogs, they both got pretty good base, haven't they, for five eights, and they're both... Last year, people who weren't willing to splurge on Munster when a dill bags because he was midi and it really paid off for you. Um, if we think that he's going to do the same thing that he did this year, I think you could go one or the other. And I think they'll be within five to seven points of each other. Um, so, you know, which, whatever your persuasion is, I think. I guess a similar debate, we're talking about uh, Parramatta versus Melbourne in, in Brown versus Munster for 739k gets us Mitchell Moses compared to 721 for Jerome Hughes. What are your readings of the Mitch Moses situation? Does have the goal kicking, which is probably a better floor than someone like a Hughes, but Hughes does have that fantastic running game and 
you know, if there's no Pappenhausen, Hughes might, Hughes might take on the line a little bit more. Um, with, you know, with Munster being the more expensive one, you were happy to find the money for him. With Moses being the more expensive one out of him and Hughes, are you happy to save the money on Hughes or are you going to spend up on Moses? Um, you know, I've never really been a Mitch Moses owner, to be quite honest. He's just been too... His floor is too low. He has these really big games and these really low games. You know, for me, it's all about Cleary and Hines. Um, would I grab Dylan Brown? Uh, or would I grab uh, Mitch Moses? I don't think I would to start. I think he's probably priced at a maximum. and uh, But he, I think he is in the best form of his career. So... Um, and Jerome Hughes is a bit like that as well. Some games he sort of, you know, doesn't light it up, and then and he'll get his average to a good average on those games where he goes massive. So there'll be times that you love uh, Mitch Moses, um, and that you love um, Jerome Hughes, but there'll be times where you'll be quite disappointed. That won't happen with Hines um, and Cleary. Yeah, with Mitch Moses, uh, you know the the typical statement is him being a flat track bully. I think if you are going against Hines or Cleary, uh, I think a really good roulette is Sam Walker. I believe it's up until round five, or oh, sorry, and then you transfer into Mitch Moses. I think from there they have a really good run Souths into Parramatta, and then if you want to downgrade and pick up Hines after Origin, uh, that's probably the, your best 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 bet moving forward. Um, but yeah, it depends on on whether you're going to go Hines or Cleary. Um, if you're going to pair them both up, the next man you've got. Sean Lane, you know, as a, as a gun here as well. Look, a really, really great breakout year for him. Um, has always shown uh, flashes of brilliance, but never really put it together consistently. Last year, you know, fantastic. This year comes in at 724K. No Isaiah Papali'i competing on the right-hand side for touches. Um, Brown, you know, obviously impacted Lane. And if, you, if you're a Brown disbeliever, if you believe that Brown's going to struggle, not struggle, but, you know, regress this year, you would expect Sean Lane to, to also downgrade in that sense. Um, but, you know, what are your initial thoughts? Because he was um, very similar to Hudson Young, who we touched on a couple of episodes back, you know, attacking-minded back rowers, whose base probably isn't up there with the elite guys, but, you know, very good with the ball in hand. Yeah, he's kind of in the same... Like, I would not put him in the category of a Murray or an Angus Crichton. Um, but he's in the same mold as like a Fafida or an Ola, a Homoli, um, and you've got a Sean Lane. I reckon, I just think you had two absolute weapon targets, left and right, in in, in IPAP. I think now it's kind of kick ish You've got one big, team, tall timber, great line runner. You know, he's he was sensational last year, Lane. He has been a player that's gone up and down in his career. He he is somebody that has a good year into a bad year, you know, um, over his career. Um, but I really think that I see Brown being keep keep keeping on this year, and I think that they, he'll find Lane, um, and I think that they'll be heading Lane's way a lot more because who who are we saying is going to be on the on the on the right? We think is Madison going to play in the second row and oh. Hopgood at thirteen, or is Madison going to come off the bench? Um, it's, there's there's a lot up in the air, but I think that one thing that is going to be the case this year is that Lane is going to be a target for them to get the ball to. A lot of chat around uh, Murchie, a lot of chat around uh, Matt Dory as well. Uh, it would yeah. be very, very interesting to see what happens. Uh, at time of recording, some breaking news has just come through. Stephen Crichton is gone from the Penrith Panthers. Um, just told his teammates today that he is... 
He is out of here at season's end. Uh, you know, not related to the Eels, but I thought I'd, I'd put it out there. Um, yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah. I mean, I would criticise the dogs saying, what have they got in the seven? What have they got in fullback? And I, I like I like Crichton. Yeah. I think that's a nice piece to go over there. Yeah. They're building nicely, the dogs. Um, you mentioned, you know, Ryan Madison playing on, on the edge. Uh, you know, there was a lot of conviction over what he was doing with his uh, start to the year. Uh, the tight ass didn't want to pay his four grand. Um, and what a spud. <laughs> But he's he's come around now, um, and I think he's paid that fine, so he should be available from from round one. Ooh, yeah, I wasn't sure if he was allowed to do that. So he he's he's Fuck, oh, fucking no tight ass, absolute tight ass. What a tight ass! I was, but I was like, I didn't know whether he was allowed to change it once he put in his. Um, I'm going to take the thing. Whether you can change your mind, and I was like, well, I can't see any reason why they can't. Um, well, that's good to know that he saw. Well, I'm sure they gave him a word saying we'd like you here, son. For the um, start of the thing. Please, please pay your 4K, your time. Um, yeah, so look, there's, there's a lot of talk. Uh, but, you know, a lot of guys at Eels training, I know the Cumberland throw, they're fantastic, always at preseason training. Uh, they've dropped a lot of sort of observations that Madison's been sort of training in the, I guess with the seconds in sort of a post, and it's been sort of Dory or, or Murchie in that sort of back row spot. Yeah. Brad Arthur seems to love his impact off the bench. He did that a yeah. lot last year. It's going to put a lot of people off come Teamless Tuesday. If they're going to see Madison in the 15-16 jersey, a lot of people will be put off. Mm. Uh, personally, me not so much, just because that's his role. I still think he punches out good minutes off the bench, regardless. Um, yep. Nathan Brown is out of favour. Hopgood you know, is still pretty raw. Uh, so even though that he might start, I think Madison does still get big minutes. 700k, it's a lot to stomach. And, and you know that there is a mental thing behind it that when you are paying nearly 700k for a guy coming off the bench it's it's hard to stomach but i'm still not worried he's not going to be in my team but you know i'm not i'm not against the the option at all yeah he will still be a gun this year last year remember when he went to the bench everyone panicked but you're like wow what a weapon um Maddo is off the bench he was still scoring 70s off the bench and that is why he's probably even though they've lost the names that they have he was absolutely terrific off the bench changing games and I still think he's such a big piece in their pack. I mean, that's what people fail to understand sometimes. If you're a 20-minute person starting and you're just there to take the sting out of the game and then the other guy comes on and plays 60, should you just go the starter then? Because they're, they're starting? No, they get 40 minutes less. Madison is still going to get good minutes. Um, he's going to come on fresh when other people are tired and he does such great work off the bench. Um, would I start with him? Look, I think there's other players that you could probably go to start, but I mean, I, I see Madison averaging 70 plus again this year. Yeah. I think he, he holds out there. PPM is fantastic. 55, 60 minutes off the bench is plenty for, for Maddo. You know, he loves to, similar to TPJ in the way they play, you know, really loves looking for the offload and gets through work, but Maddo is just much more consistent than TPJ. Uh, in the bum category, he's always been someone that puts up okay scores, but he's never competed with the elite fullbacks. That's that's Clint Gutherson, um, 717K. Are you just put off by the price tag? Yeah, it's mainly the price tag. Um, I would I would be lying if I said I haven't brought Gutho in sometimes when the Eels look like they've had a, um, a, a, you know, a nice draw because they are flat-track bullies. And in those times, Gutho goes huge. Um there are times that you can you, you get a little feeling in your waters that you can go Gutho, but he's not up there. I mean, if you 
you know, if you were pegging him against Latrell, Teddy stuff, he's not going to be consistent enough to do it. And nor does he have the ceiling. You know, if you have Gutho, it's not often going to be a 150, you know, where which you can get off, you know, the turbos and the trells um, of this world. So, um, look, if Gutho gets down to 550 and it's around origin time, because, you know, Gutho is not an origin player much. Has he played in origin? Uh, I think he played the oh, centers a couple of years ago. It didn't played go too one, great. Yeah. But he's not going into origin this year unless they have 100 injuries. So that might be your time where he's lost a bunch of money. But he actually had a, a pretty tidy year last year. Obviously, the team made the grand final, so they were all clicking and it was going well. Um, but I'm not paying 717 for for Gutho. I bet you, old mate, if he goes over to the um, Knights, Miller, which is, you know, we're hearing that he, he's, he could be over there to, for round one, he's probably going to score as much as Gutho to yeah, start. Yeah, for 200, for 200 pretty pretty list. Yeah, 100%. Um, you, you put Nathan Brown in the bum category. I'm strictly thinking this is because he is out of favour and will probably probably get sweet FA game time. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, there there's no way anyone's going to start him in their team, but he's at 486k, and there's no way he's going to there's no way he's going to get enough minutes or games to do any better this year. Yeah. Um, I'd be I was surprised that he's even going to be there going into this year. I don't think they could get offload him, could they? No, I think I think I think we were in for him, and then Sheen's pulled the plug. Yeah, so he is very much out of favour. Um, and there was a time that we, you know, he was such a machine, wasn't he? But um, yeah, it's not it's not him anymore, unfortunately. Talk to me about your disdain for Jack Murchie as a as a super coach option. Now, four hundred and thirty three k. There is some, you know, whispers that he, he's training on an edge. Um, yeah. If he does get the start, are you still put off by it? Not so much if he gets the start. And I had heard that he's a chance to get the start. Let's, you know, let's look at it in the sense of um, old mate Jermaine Hopgood. He's 299,000. Yep. Looks like he's sewn up the start in the lock position. Um, if he comes in um, and starts in the second row, you know, Maddo's going to probably come in and command pretty decent minutes off the bench. And I went in to look for Murchie and thought maybe he's in the 300s. He's, he's not cheap. Yeah. 433K. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm just saying, I, I feel like with Murchie, even if he starts, that's sort of where he's going to sit. Yep. I, I think if he comes and starts, he's probably going to get 40 minutes, 50 minutes maybe. And that's probably, he's probably going to stay around that price. I don't see him getting up to 600, even if he gets the start. So he had a really good year last year um, at the Warriors. And I think that probably helped his career, you know, in, in grabbing a role here at the Eels. I think he... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know, he could just jag that start, um, which would make me slightly more interested in him, but he's not as cheap as I thought he would be. Yeah, no, he's one of those ones where the appeal is there because you you, you, you look at him and you go, Jack Murchie, he hasn't done a whole lot. And then you look at the price and realize that, oh, crap, he's actually really awkwardly awkwardly priced at 433 um, Yeah, well, we were talking about Melbourne Storm off-air and you, you got that Trent Loiro or um, Alicia Katoa um, who are cheaper, you know, and... and 
by you know a decent amount who one of them might get to start at the Melbourne Storm and I think there could be a chance for more minutes there because they've lost a whole bunch um you know so I'd probably prefer one of them I'm I mean Jack Murchie's an old Raiders boy so I love him I think he's a real talent um but I just wanted to look and see 320, not 433. He actually had a better year than I thought last year. So I think there's little grow room, you know, so that's why he's in my bums. Now, we keep mentioning Jermaine Hopgood. Um, I, I guess for the casual listener out there that probably hasn't seen a, a whole lot of him, um, bloke was sensational um, in, in the New South, New South Wales Cup. Unfortunately, you're never going to crack the 13 jersey when you're at Penrith. And, you know, he's, he's gone to Parramatta where the spot sort of has opened. And I think it's fantastic for his career. Probably has, I would say, Suwali had the preseason hype last year. Uh, I would say this year it's probably Jermaine Hopgood. Now, 299k available to RF. I don't want to say he's locked up the 13 jersey, but all reports are that he's, you know, basically got his hands all over it. Um, you've got him for a big bounce back, and I don't, I'd hate to use the term must have, but must have. Oh, mate, it's. Um... If you put him in there and he's like locked in and all the chat's great and he is the big hyped player to start the year. If you can slide a 299 that you're just locked on, why would you not take it, you know? Yeah, let's... There's a lot of things that are unknown about minutes, this, that, and, and roles. We don't know if it's going to be Katoa. I've, I've had Katoa in my team and then people talk me out of it and I change it. And there's a lot of things up in the air. Well, the chat is very good for Hopgood, so at 299... Yeah, I'm, I'm a Katoa skeptic. Um, yep. But uh, l- let's not talk about should we should we own Jermaine Hopgood because we're both in strong agreement. The question is, can he be a, vi- a viable third to RF option uh, in your in your sort of back row? Because if you say yes to that, fuck, it opens up a whole lot of money. Oh, it does. Um, you know, I see some teams that they've got him at third front row, and I'm like, ooh, you're banking on it. I'm happy to take him as um, as a bounce back slash cash cow. I've got him on the bench. He's, he's on my, my lead. Yeah, he's on my he's bench a, too. He's my lead bencher and Garner's my third front row. Oh, second row. So well, that's the thing. Like um, a lot of people are running Katoa, Garner, and Hopgood, and like all three of those guys. If they get the minutes, fantastic, and it frees up so much cash because then you can go double gun hooker, double gun halfback, double gun fullback. Yeah. But it's it's a big risk because if Hopgood only plays forty minutes, he's still going to make money but then he doesn't become a reliable playing option. Yeah, that's right. And this is a year where we've got teams on buys, so you might have to play some of these guys more often. It's better to rely on him as one that you've got to play sometimes than ever play those, you know, those three risky options every week. You know, I think um, there are bargain or good bargains this year in um, Ghana that look locked on to take over that kicker role with pretty good minutes in, in the best team of the last couple of years. That looks like a solid one to make your third, I, I think. And and don't take a risk too far below and, and definitely don't go up for two risky ones as well. You know, if imagine if um Nia Kore is named to start in the second row for um the New Zealand Warriors, there's probably he he's probably gonna get good minutes in the second row there. Four hundred K Jewel. You yeah. know, he, he could be a good one as as well. But I mean, I wouldn't be relying on Hopgood as my third front row personally. People ask me how to build their teams, and I always say plan for the worst-case scenario. So I've always gone more expensive than I need to because it's much easier to downgrade than it is to upgrade. If you get Hopgood as your you know thir- as your third to RF and round one comes and he plays 45 minutes and punches out 45 points, cool, but it's not ideal. Um, so I like planning for him to be, to be my sort of first cab off the rank if I ever need him and, and going from there, but 
look, it's it's a ballsy play to, 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 to start him, but it could pay off because it frees up. Like, for example, myself, I've got Adam Elliott um, in my side. For him to hop good as, you know, 300K, that yep. that's basically a Tommy Talao or a Charlie Staines up to a Valentine Holmes. Like, it's... It, it is handy. So if Hopgood does pan out, I love it. For me personally, though, I'm not keen to, to start him. Um, look, I was going to make... I was planning out some posts last week to put over on Instagram, and I sort of had Josh Hodgson as, as a trap. But I look I look into it a little bit deeper. He's not exciting to me as an option, but he's only priced at a 35 average. Um, yeah. I still think he puts up 50 points as a sort of average. And, you know, that's 15 points underpriced, so it's hard to call someone a trap when they're 15 points underpriced. I just think he might not be a amazing option. I think he might just plot along at 50 points a game. But that's yeah, going that, to that's, that's, make you a fair bit of money early on. Um, so he could be a good cash cow. But Hooker is weird because you and I both think Cheese is a must-have. Agreed? Yeah. And, yeah, then, and then what do you do? Like, you've got Tanner Boyd, you've got Josh Hodson in the cheaper mould. Um, if you want to go to a Sam Verrills, take a punt there. Otherwise, you're spending up for Robson, Cook, or Grant. Yeah, it feels to me like Randall was last year. It was a price. It was a midi that you're like, I'll get a safe 40, 50 out of him because um, I don't want to spend big in the um, you know, in the hooker position. But, I mean, you uh, you would definitely take Tanner Boyd starting halfback kicking goals Over available Hodgson. in hooker ahead of... Um, Inside for feeder. Yeah, that's right. So I think it's a much more um, appealing way to go than Josh Hodgson, unfortunately for, you know, Hodgson. But he's at a good price, and like you said, he is underpriced, so I expect a better year from him if he stays healthy. My biggest worry with picking Josh Hodgson is it comes around eight, round nine, you've got a few injuries, a few buys, and you're just kind of stuck with him, if that makes mm. sense. Like, like it's, it's not bad, but he's just going to be there, and you're never going to be able to get rid of him, and you're always just going to have a shit 50-point slot when, you know... He's gonna he's gonna peak out. Like I had this with Tom Starling last year. I picked up Tom Starling for those, you know, for that month that he sort of was killing it. And it came to the time when uh, you know Wolford came back into the side, and it was like I can't get rid of Starling. And now I'm starting to lose the money that I made on him. My worry is Josh Hodgson gets to say five twenty, and you've got other fires to put out in your team, and you can't really sell him. And you end up selling him a couple of weeks later for like four fifty, and you've made only seventy k when you could have made a hundred hundred and fifty. Yeah, and I mean, people who've got like a Cheese or a Robson and they're just humming along with one of these good... They're getting 30 points a game more. Or if you've got a Grant-Robson combo, that's what I ran home with. And people who were stuck with this midi in there, they they had to find another reserve in there. Um, Like we often... We have been mentioning back often, you might have to play some of these ones because of buys. Um, You'd be brave man to be relying on Hodgson for a score. Probably be a safe 40-50, I guess. Um, But... Look, I think with the cheese, you can probably do better things. And now that we know Tanner Boyd, there's, there's, there's options in there, I think, that yeah. are better. I think there's some better options too. Paramount Eels is going to be our longest podcast. We've still got three players to run through. Cardi Party. Oh. Yeah. You're all aboard? Well, I'm not all aboard the, the Cardi Party, but he's 235,000. Um, he's got to be maybe a chance, hasn't he, at the second row? Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. I think he definitely gets a bench spot at worst, um, but he could definitely be pushing um, a two-hour spot. I, I don't need to sit here and talk about the talent that Bryce Cartwright possesses because we all know how talented the bloke is. Um, and he's, he was given a career lifeline at Parramatta, and I think he's taken it with both both hands. And I'd love to see him start, um, but he's competing with someone like a Matt Dory as well, who's also 235k. I, yeah. think, I think we're going to get one of Murchie, Dory, or Cartwright, and 
preferably I'd hope it's Cartwright or, or Dory just because they are cheaper. Um, Dory's been a yep. bit of a he's been a bit of a plotter um, when he does start. I, I looked at his stats when he played for the Bulldogs and not fantastic, but it's hard to turn down someone if they're starting at two thirty five. That's right, and and they're both in my cash cows because if one of them does get the start, I mean it's it's value, isn't it? Two thirty five is bottom all but bottom price, yeah. isn't it? And we know that Cardi, you know, I think there could be a worry starting him, but he's more like a, someone to take the sting sting out of the game and Cartwright come on. Um, but you know, there's people going. I mean, I've taken Ray Stone out of my team, but you know, if if uh, Cardi's there and he's on the bench, he probably get decent minutes and probably do more with them than someone like Ray Stone will do. So, uh, you know, it could be worse. could be worse. But if one of them does jag a second-row spot, I'd be willing to take a punt on a starting Dory or Cardi Party. I could be all aboard the Cardi Party. You've put here Hayes Dunster. I will also categorize Sean Russell here as well. Um, I think this one's purely down to the fitness of Bally Simonson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's in doubt for, for the early rounds, uh, whether he's going to come back or not. I've seen some reports he's going to miss the trials. I've seen some reports he's going to miss up to six weeks. But yeah, really, really comes down to what's going to be the fitness of him because you think Sevo takes one wing spot. Um, the center will be probably Panasini. Uh, the other center will be Wunga Blake. And then if Simpson's fit, Simpson starts, obviously. But if his fitness isn't there, then we probably get Hayes Dunster or Sean Russell. And, you know, that 235K, he was the a bit, a bit of a hype, hype train last year with Sevo out for half the year. And um, he was, you know... Injured, Sean Russell came in and got injured, but bounced back this year, hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much, what, what much more is to say. It really comes down to the fitness of, of Simonson. It does. And if he's if the if the mail is good, then it's going to be a little while and Dunster starts. You don't you don't uh, look a gift horse in the mouth. You take the 235 centre winger. So, um, you know, he's in my team currently. Also in my team. Uh, that's going to wrap up the, the Parramatta Eels preview. Um, tomorrow, I reckon we tackle the mighty, the Dolphins. Um, you know, my, my, my favourite place to visit on holidays is uh, up in Queensland there, the Yeah, the, 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 the nothing Dolphins. A few, few good options and I've, got, I've actually got two Dolphins in my, uh, in my starting team right now. I think, uh, I think you do as well so we will, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely chat about those guys tomorrow but um, for now, yeah, and, uh, thanks so much for, for sticking by us. We had the weekend off. Ado was on the Margaritas I was uh, just chilling out, and uh, we'll be back with daily uploads. We've got a couple more teams left, and then moving forward, we're going to do the position breakdown. These ones will, I reckon, Ado, I'd be surprised if these are less than an hour and a half, the the position breakdowns, because there's going to be a lot to talk about. Yep. Well, I mean, you were just telling me you're off Nanai, so we'll argue about that for ages <laughs> when we talk second row. And, uh, yeah, they'll probably take up a fair bit of time. Oh, second row, I reckon we could we could do three or four podcasts. I, um, I'll, give a, I'll give a quick plug. I did uh, did an NRL fantasy um, content with, um, with, with Jamie, and he was, he was asking for some super coach advice and, and sort of the prospects of, of how to build a super coach team. And my 2RF section was, you know, three or four times longer than everything else just because there's yeah. so many strategies. We've, we've already touched on it today. You can go really cheap with Katawa, Ghana, and, and, you know, Hopgood, or you can spend up. I think I've got Murray for feeder in, in my 2RF with Adam Elliott. So you can, you really toss and turn as to what you've got. But yeah, very keen for the position breakdowns. We've got a couple more teams to, to preview. Uh, I think we have done nine now, I want to say. So just over halfway. Um, but mate, thanks so much. We'll uh, we'll be back to do it all again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.